Welcome to the slightly revised 145th episode of The Gatecast. This is a quick addition to the cast to announce the launch of the new website at gatecast.co.uk and the RSS feed, which is now gatecast.co.uk forward slash feed forward slash podcast. You can manually enter the address into your podcatcher and it should pick up the latest episode plus the previous 24 release. This feed is a direct replacement for the old feed, which no longer exists. Our next step is an iTunes submission, which should make the whole promotion and ease of access to the cast simpler for the casual listener. Hardcore Stargate fans can no doubt find content anywhere. Our promos will need to be redone, of course, and we would love to hear any ideas or contributions in that respect. We freely admit original creative endeavours are not higher on our list of abilities. That's it for now. More information as it comes, so enjoy the podcast. Keep in touch, and please spread the word. Welcome to the Gatecast, presented by Alan and Mike. Lucy, I'm home. I am not Lucy. Oh, you're right, we'll just upload a computer virus into the mothership. I was going to do my living room like this. is that anyone attempting to leave them out should be shot on site. Okay, as you know, we've had issues with the website and the uh, RSS and iTunes feeds. Basically, it's all gone uh, pear-shaped. The fact that uh, you may actually be listening to this episode is a bit of a miracle, but it is going to be a little down and dirty. Uh, No news or birthdays, but I did have to include this feedback from Colin on the episode Grace. It's absolutely inspired. I'm Mark and Alan, it's Colin. So, let's talk about Grace, shall we? Captain Kirk is on his way and he sees a giant space amoeba and... Oh, damn, no, sorry, wrong episode. Yeah, sorry, try that again. Captain Janeway is on Voyager and she goes into a nebula, thinking there's coffee in there, and it really turns out to be a sentient being. Oh, god damn it, no, wrong one again. Oh, god. All the universe is emerging. Oh, yes, gross. Amanda goes into the nebula, it turns out to be real, and has conversations with herself which manifestations in the rest of the SG-1 team. Not Star Trek related at all. Well, maybe slightly. You know, the writer might be a Star Trek fan. It's all good homage. But uh, was it just me? Or did anyone else think that little girl walking around doing a singing and all that would have been a really good horror film type of relation? It's just the sort of thing that happens in horror films, you know? You're alone, there's no one around, then a little girl or a little boy comes out of nowhere... And next thing you know, there's bodies piling up everywhere. But that didn't happen in this one. Oh, no, 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 no. This happened is Jonathan Archer couldn't contact a member of the Nordic race who ignored these messages and just kept attacking them for no apparent reason. No, sorry, Amanda, sorry, did it again, did it again. Sorry, sorry. <coughs> but no, <laughs> no, Amanda's joking. No, I do like Grace. I think, it, obviously, it's a Amanda episode, but I do like the way that it plays out a bit more. That you get a bit more of her personality, you get a bit more of her line of thinking. I mean, it's no great secret she fancies Jack, but it's nice that the writers played it out in this fashion. And hey, if you can't kiss someone in your dreams, when can you kiss them? Fair play to them. So, all in all, a good episode, and I liked it very much. So, well done, guys. Take care, live long, and podcast. You know, Colin, the only thing more creepy about Little Girl is if she was walking around quoting nursery rhymes. That would have been creepy. Thanks for putting up with all the hassles. Hopefully we will get this all sorted out one way or another. For now, on to the episode. Enjoy. Hello, good evening and welcome to Gatecast episode 145. Dear God, we've been doing this a long time. Season 7, episode 14. Fallout. We hope we won't be falling out with you lot, but we shall see. Hello everybody, and welcome to the Gatecast. I'm sitting here all sweaty and uncomfortable and Alan's ducking the rain. I'm indoors. It's good. Ah, bloody lack of line. Not again. Come on, it's a line every week now. Oh, sneaky. I ejected the DVD, and it was still showing up on the desktop. So I clicked and hit play with VLC media player, and it pulled the drawer back in. Oh, right. Now it's popped it back out again. Let's put it back in again. Why won't it open the damn disc? So do the disc equivalent of turning it off and turning it back on again, which is basically eject it and stick it back in. Good line. Sit. Stay. That's it. You tell it to his boss. No, you're supposed to get. Yes. I'm hoping whoever moves in with me next is a cat person, because I can get one as soon as I come back from the States. Are you? Oh, yes. Why? 
because I want one. Fair enough. Okay. And I didn't want to get one before I went to the States. There's no point in getting a cat and then fucking off after three weeks for Fortnite. No, probably not. Following the adventures of Daniel and Valor from Sci-Fi Chris on Twitter. I saw something about doing a 10-foot-in-the-air cat jump. Yes, Daniel's the uh, established cat and Valor's the new kitty cat. Mm-hmm. Staking its claim on the on the room. Cats have at least 40-odd distinct meows that they can, like, it's a language. The first time I got my windows cleaned, I got the inside and the outside done, so all three doors into the house were open. After they'd left, then I'd shut the windows and shut the doors. The cat I fed occasionally at the time, wandered up from wherever it had been in the house, walked up to the fridge, lifted a paw, tapped the door, and looked at me and went, meow. <laughs> Dogs don't do that. Dogs beg. The cat walks up, you know, taps the fridge. You know, basically, I know there's food in there. Give me some. You two-legged thing. Dogs have owners. Cats have staff. Hi, I'm Kevin Batchelder. I'm Wendy Hembrock. And I'm Brent Barrett. And we're the hosts of a new podcast called Tuning Into Sci-Fi TV. Where we discuss sci-fi and genre shows currently on television and some from the past. We're fans just like you. So join us in our water cooler and back porch discussions of your favorite shows. And strangely enough, you can find us online at TuningIntoSciFiTV.com. Be seeing you. Wait a minute. Isn't that what Bester says on Babylon 5? Maybe. I never watched Babylon 5. What? So you're a sci-fi geek who missed one of the best shows ever? Hey, hey, no details, no spoilers. I'm still catching up on DVD myself. Besides, we're not really experts or critics. We kind of think of ourselves more like guides or sci-fi Sherpas. I don't carry anyone's luggage, though. And me either. We're what we like to call the viewer's digest for genre TV. Yes, we're interested in the conversation shows generate. And speaking of sci-fi Sherpas, where would you find one of those? Mm, Craigslist? Oh, see what I have to deal with? I don't seem to have middle ground with song pop. People either seriously kick my ass or I kick theirs. There aren't any games I'm playing that I'm close to Tide. Oh, just your latest obsession. It's not just my latest obsession. That's impossible. What's that? Oh, is that Tokra? No, no, it's not. It's a clown. I'd forgotten about this episode. I had until about 20 minutes in. No, I'd briefly forgotten now. I mean, as soon as I saw Kaloa, the whole plot just dropped into my head. I'm quite familiar with this one. You know, Jonas and so on falling for a snake. There's some good Jack lines in this. You don't want to upset Jack, do you? Screw it, let him burn. Or words of that equivalent. Anyway, line is cocked. This episode should fairly fly by, I seem to recall. It's been reasonably decent. Yep, let's go. Ever three, ever do, ever hain, Vicky. Fade in on closed gate and active gate. Yes, the general, first on scene. Receiving a signal, mm. sir. It's the colonists. Open the iris. We haven't seen Alberts for a while. Bill Nikolai, for a good, good couple of years since we've seen him. Damn, should not have answered the door. <laughs> Mr. Quinn, it's good to see you again. Good to see you too, sir. I only wish it was under better circumstances. Jonas, it's country folk, you know? It looks like it could be in a mighty wind. Yes, he let him know his hair had grown a bit. Would that be all right? I'm just wondering what he when they offered to bring him back, because frankly, with that hairstyle, they could have guessed it on Jeremiah. If any of our listeners have seen the uh, movie, I think it's called The Mighty Wind. It's a sort of folk equivalent of This Is Spinal Tap. He looks like he stepped out of that film. Nice little camera trick there, coming out of the table, then pulling back. How did they manage that? They hastily sort of reassemble the table behind the camera. And then put the folder and the stuff on there to hide the join. Well, most of those tables have joints. I mean, you look at the doors of the room, how else would they have got it in? Down the silo. No, but not into that room. Take the glass out. I'm pretty sure the silo didn't used to have a glass observation room. No, it's about that. I assume this makes sense to you. Actually, no, it doesn't. We found a reference to a process the goal will discover which allowed them to convert raw Naquita into Naquadre while it's still in the ground. Now somehow it started a chain reaction which has continued on down through the veins getting deeper and deeper and deeper and we believe that the process is ongoing. Now at this point, Corin had had trouble learning his lines in the short amount of time he had the script. So he had all the notes on the table. <laughs> Which is one reason why the camera keeps cutting off people's hands because it keeps trying to pan up so you can't see the pieces of paper <laughs> on the table. As the conversion process goes deeper, the heat and pressure get higher. Oh dear. That's uh, probably not a good thing. We believe that when it reaches a certain depth, it's going to explode with enough force to obliterate Kelowna. That's uh, definitely not a good thing. There's always something, isn't there? Hmm. 
first we're gonna have a global world war, then Anubis attacks us, mm-hmm. and now the planet's gonna blow up. Yep, fade. Um, start the sequence. He's having a really bad day. Right then, Fallout, Season 7, Episode 14 of Stargate SG-1, uh, the Gatecast, Episode 145. Oh. This is a story by Corin Nemec. Greenplay was written by Joseph Malozzi and Paul Mully. Yay. And the episode was directed by Martin Wood. Got its premiere January the 13th in the UK. Uh, the US got it January the 23rd of the same year. Australians September the 16th and the Canadians December the 16th. Same year. Same year. Eight, uh, yeah, until we get into February, at which point they probably be <laughs> next year. TV shows with the same episode title. Smallville, Southland, Jericho, Everwood, Law and Order, and Chips. Ooh, Chips. Chips. Whatever happened to those two guys? Well, I think Eric Estrada was in a cop show I saw about a year back. Kelowna. <laughs> ah, Looking rather more sunny and less industrial than it did. It was the same map painting, but with the Anubis ship painted out. I'm assuming Emily Holmes is the uh, female? The main squeeze. Mm-hmm. There's Corin getting forced billing of guest star... Uh, Tell the truth, I was half convinced that I'd made a mistake in the translation. And then we came across these test results, which uh, show the ratio of Nakwood to Nakwadria uh, achieved in the process. Check this out. Do you think he took one of those laptops with him when he went? <laughs> it might have been difficult to keep charged up, but... I'm sure he got a converter. You know, for the longest time, I, I, I was wondering why we never found any Nakwadria anywhere else in the galaxy. And now I'm thinking it's because it doesn't exist in nature at all. He looks so young, doesn't he? He does look a lot younger. The hair and the fact that he's actually clean shaven. <laughs> it's a sort of page boy. But... It's a bit like when Chekhov first appeared. Mm. Over the air cut. Oh, competition. Competition. Oh, uh, Samantha Carter, this is Kiana Seer. Well, actually, it's not Kiana Seer. We don't know that yet. I've heard a lot about you, Major. Oh, that's, that's never good. I've heard a lot about you. <laughs> that means he's gone on and on and on about you. <laughs> A few weeks, a month, it's hard to say. Well, we need to understand how the conversion process works if we want to find a way to stop it. Yeah, but the information stored on the crystal's incomplete. Well, then we're going to have to figure it out for ourselves. Yeah, come on. Sod's saving the world. Let's have a party. Oh, Sam's all excited. She's kind of thinking, ooh, competition. Yeah, but of course Sam has got a way off the planet <laughs> if all goes wrong. <laughs> well, here, actually, so does she. Ambassador, welcome to Earth. Actually, it's First Minister now. First Minister. This is Ven Aramel and Lucia Tarthas, the Turanian and Andari representatives on the Joint Ruling Council. Councillors? Right this way. I'll be honest with you, the three ghouls were more bloody cooperative than this lot. <laughs> this is Gillian Barber returning as Drela. Mm-hmm. She's the boss now, not the uh, ambassador. Yay for female empowerment. She was also in the episode The Gamekeeper. So this is four episodes of Stargate she's been in. But I believe that with the participation of our friends from Earth, a solution will be found soon. Of course, we all hope that's the case. However, you may want to begin considering some contingency plans. We can offer you limited relocation through the Stargate. Limited? A full evacuation of an industrialized world is a practical impossibility. Yes, yeah, so are these all representatives from the different bits? Well, the three main continents, aren't they? After they use the Nequadria bomb on them, they kind of <laughs> came up with pre treaty. <laughs> Yes. We come in peace and expect to leave in pieces. <laughs> uh, Lucia Taratus is uh, played by Patricia Drake. Did voice work for The Black Lagoon and Kid vs. Cat. Also in Psych, the 4400 and Andromeda. Vern Eremore is played by Julian Christopher. He's been in Fringe, Supernatural, Human Target, Smallville, 4400. Are you kidding? Has no one explained this to you? We have tried. They seem unwilling to accept the truth. If you knew more about our history, you'd understand our reluctance to believe Kelonan propaganda. Well, our own scientists have studied the problem. And while it is true that Kelona will bear the brunt of the initial explosion, in fact, by our calculations, almost half the country's landmass will be destroyed, you're not taking into account the amount of dust and debris that will be thrown into the upper atmosphere. It will block the sunlight and lower the average surface temperature significantly. For all intents and purposes, your entire planet will be uninhabitable. Hmm. That was weird. I heard a uh, very, very fast bit of audio and then suddenly kicked back in. Oh, weird. They probably don't have many volcanoes in their world, otherwise putting two and two together just an explosion like this is going to destroy your world. 
Uh, Daniel's waxing scientifical. Do you like that word? I just made that word up. Which is impossible? Not necessarily. Low-energy fusion can occur in the presence of certain subatomic catalysts, like muons. But I believe that only works for extremely light materials, such as deuterium. Because they put the stuff on the chalkboard, yep. proper element names and everything, except the fact that what they wrote isn't what they're talking about. And they've written, I think it was deuterium. Oh, dear. Is this a hint? Is this a nod that she accidentally let slip knowledge that the scientists she's in shouldn't know? What do you mean? I'd be amazed if anybody got that on the first uh, watch. Well, point, this is the fourth, this is about the fifth time I've seen this episode. But that's what the historical data indicates. Maybe so. But if you put that aside for a moment and assume the presence of the right catalysts, you can account for this reaction. It's just a lot faster than you thought. How much faster? Well, a deposit the size of the one you recently discovered could take as little as a few years to transform completely. She looks worried now. He looks a bit uncomfortable. Camera shakers, full on. Five prop guys behind all the bookcases and everything, poking them with sticks. Yay, sticks. <laughs> Did the earth move? <laughs> Mike, do you mind keeping the uh, inappropriate and uh, semi-lewd comments to me? Yeah. Otherwise it will confuse people if you start in it. Receiving video transmission, sir. Major, what's your situation? Most of the fires that were caused by the earthquake are under control now, sir. Dr. Fraser's organizing the distribution of medical supplies. I find it hard to believe this was a coincidence. It wasn't. We traced the epicenter of the quake to a small pocket of converted Nequadria located about 20 kilometers below the surface. Sam is standing in front of the visual effect building, which happened to be the only brick building on the lot. <laughs> and there's Martin Wood and Dan Shay in the background just walked past. <laughs> yeah. They said something about actually not having shoes on. I'm not quite sure why. And how far away is it? Approximately 14,000 light years. Give or take. 14,000 light years? <laughs> Does it really matter how far the planet away is, really? Seriously. Jonas Quinn's reports refer to several uninhabited planets capable of sustaining life. The Andari government might consider relocation if one of these were made available. Without infrastructure, any uninhabited planet would not be able to sustain as many Langarian refugees. I'm not suggesting one planet for all of us. You want your own planet? Oh, yes, uninhabited planets. Yes, we don't want help, we want everything. Oh, dear, they want to split again, don't they? <laughs> yeah. They do realise they've got literally maybe two weeks. What are they going to do in two weeks with one Stargate? <laughs> We're getting a bit off topic here, don't you think? Three separate relocations is just not practical. Madronus is your best bet to save as many lives as possible. Yes, yes, we are. You tell him, Jack. Say something. Like what? That'll do. You've been hiding from her, haven't you, Jonas? Mm -hmm. He's scared of her, really. Jonas? Major Carter? General Hammond tells me you've discovered something about the conversion process. That's a funny outfit he's wearing. Looks like pyjamas. It looks like something from Jerry Anderson's UFO. Well, in fairness, Shane would say it looks like something like from Star Trek. Yeah, but it doesn't look like anything from Star Trek. Oh, it's got the zippy up ejected. It's possible to create these particles in the lab, but there's really only one way they could have been produced in sufficient quantity and with enough energy to penetrate several miles into the crust of the planet. It was the Nequadria bomb test. The test that was conducted two years ago. We did this to ourselves. Aha, he told you, he kept telling you. Yes. Now, at that point, a short sting of Radiohead's You Do It To Yourself, you do, and that's what really hurts. Wouldn't be a bad idea. Merely a suggestion. But something went wrong. The resulting explosion released the subatomic particles which catalyzed the conversion of the first vein of Naquita. The rest of the deposit transformed in less than a year. After that, it simply lay in the ground. Another 10,000 years and it would have decayed back into Naquita. You hadn't mined it first. Then we set off the bomb, which started the conversion of the second deeper vein. <laughs> Game over, man. We're all going to die, man. There's quite a lot of exposition in this episode, isn't there? It's just not good. The Colonian government bears full responsibility for the imminent destruction of Langara. 
Your government's formed an alliance for the express purpose of attacking Kelowna. We were merely looking to defend ourselves. She's kind of looking not happy. And again, so what? Yes. There comes a point where, you know, laying blame really doesn't do any good. As my boss, he said on one occasion to me, we are not in a blame culture. Which is immediately followed by, now whose fault is this? Ah, <laughs> oh, for crying out loud, Jack. <laughs> Who cares whose fault it is? Your planet is going to blow up. Jack. The whole damn planet, Daniel. Okay, I think it's best if we all just take a little recess right now. <laughs> a little recess. <laughs> General. I say we send them packing. Indeed. We can't give up on them yet. We still have the potential to save thousands of lives here. And yet, curiously, they don't seem to understand nor care. This is diplomacy, Jack. This is the way the game is played. It takes patience. Yeah? Well, I'm fresh out. As am I. I think you're on your own. <laughs> it's a little out there. Come back, Jack. Ooh, angry Jack. Jack does not have a lot of patience. It wouldn't surprise you that when these door closes, Jack now has a day off filming. No matter how many times we go over this, we're still going to come to the same conclusion. There is simply no way to reverse the process. Oh, space fans. They're big fans. Something about this coach that like big fans. They ain't got air conditioning or anything, or perhaps it's not a very breezy planet, so they don't leave windows open or anything. It's got an atmosphere, it has wind. Wind is a function of planetary atmospheres. Break off the chain reaction before it gets any deeper. And how do we do that? We set off a large explosion near the fault. Stargate Command could provide a small nuclear device that would do the trick. The only problem is we'd have to get it down there. Yeah, that's an idea. Throw a nuclear bomb there. I can almost hear Jeff Goldblum, Independence Day was on the other day. <laughs> I almost hear Jeff Goldblum, yeah, but we can't kill it, so let's set off a nuclear bomb. There's something I want to show you. And he suddenly whipped this out. You think about it, you know, that's how they stop cracks appearing in plane wings. You know, drill a, a break hole. The point is, this is an almost Teok level of not mentioning vital strategic information. Sounds coming back in. And it's back. You really wouldn't want the brakes to slip on that thing, would you? No. And wearing a hard hat standing underneath that would not help. Oh, yes, it would. You know, it'd be written out so they could identify which pink spot you were. Got briefly off topic, a tenant of mine who worked on building sites for years said the reason you wear a high-vis jacket and a hard hat isn't so that you'd be protected. It's so that when three and a half ton of rebar falls on you, they can identify what's left. Titanium cutter heads, each of which can withstand or apply thrusts of up to 50 metric tons. I like it. That's somebody's typewriter sticking out of the <laughs> control panel. Yep. Nice little uh, CRT screen as well. And look, I know it's not fast enough, but I do have an idea for a little adjustment. It'll give us a lot more speed. Tokra tunnel crystals. Modified, of course, to work in conjunction with the cutter heads. Pretty impressive. Do you mind if I take a look at your power systems? After you. Oh, yes, you can look at my power systems anytime you want, Amanda. <laughs> Do we have to show her everything? Kiana. Everybody has an agenda, Jonas. And her people have made no secret of their interest in our Naquadria deposits. Look. I've wanted to come forward with this for a long time, but I always got overruled by the cabinet. Now we have no choice. But we don't need her. We can go to the Toker ourselves. I worked with these people for over a year. I trust them with my life. On the commentary, they made a joke about when both these two actors walked in, they realized both had exactly the same hairstyle. Yep. Purely by coincidence. Then it was a running joke that they were actually brother and sister, which made the whole thing very creepy. <laughs> very creepy. Oh, yes. Reminds me of a joke which you'll probably cut if I tell it. <laughs> so I'll wait till after. Slightly more loving than the Keep It in the Family kissing Star Trek and Star Wars. Star Trek, excuse me. Wasn't there a kiss in Star Trek which involved Dax and another former host who was now in a girl? It's one of the most popular scenes in the show, apart from the one with the two girls in bikinis. <laughs> Not quite the same thing, though, is it? They're really just digging themselves deeper, no pun intended. <clears throat> I think we can all agree uh, it was unfortunate the cloning government didn't come forward with this information sooner. Um, however, regarding the Toker crystals, you really have no choice. Without them, you won't be able to reach the Naquadria Bane in time to save your world. It's that simple. Yes, you techers for idiots. Yes, actually. <laughs> I love his beard. Unfortunate. <laughs> Daniel, you have a talent for understatement. They've been at a Cold War status for decades. It's no surprise they're not telling everybody everything. 
peace treaty. You don't tell everybody everything. There's a difference between everybody, everything, and anybody, anything. Yeah, I tell you, most of the credit goes to Kiana. Kiana. Oh, yeah. She took what she learned from me, and she made modifications to the hydraulics, uh, uh, the shielding mechanisms, everything. I'm telling you, without her, this thing would be months away from being operational. Well, the quiet one, that doesn't really say much. Yep. Alarm bells are going off in Sam's head, don't they? <laughs> I stole everything from you. What? <laughs> Come on, Jonas, I'm not blind. What's going on? Let's just say that it's in the development stage. Although I do find her interesting. <laughs> Very closely. Hint, hint. <laughs> Sam making inappropriate references, or is Sam just going to think, here's a male that's not going to die because it's me? <laughs> Diana is played by Emily Holmes, Canadian actress. Um, Her last role, I think, was in Alcatraz. She'd also been in Supernatural and Fringe and Smallville. Oh, and that's not a subtle reveal, is it? Well, it's just an injection. Nice shadow and highlighting of her body. A little pervy. Just a little. The implication is that there's no brow under the lace. Of course, again, no indication that she's a gold. You know, it could be any sort of alien. Hmm. And I guess they couldn't afford Joker guest stars, so they just brought... <laughs> Martin actually put six sandbags into that chest. <laughs> and had Tilk stand there holding it. One wonders, uh, this is presumably Michael Shafton take it off. I mean, Mike has been buffed up a little, but I don't think he's anywhere near dropping his Chris Judge at that stage. What if Jonas Quinn and Major Carter? They're making some final adjustments to the clone and excavation machine. It should be ready for launch within 24 hours. This basic set is based on the Cerberus from Space Race. Really? I thought it'd be more sort of a journey to the centre of the Earth. Space Race, Stargate episode. I know, I was just thinking the... Uh... If you're going to rip off a film for this, you might as well rip off the core, aren't you, really? I don't think the core was out when this came out. What? Jonas, did you design the primary power distribution circuits? Well, I didn't really design anything. I did make some suggestions for some upgrades, but... Based on advanced technology you encountered while you were with SG-1. Yeah, that's right. Why? What's wrong? Well, the hardware is different. But the basic principle is very similar to a Gua'uld design. Well, that's impossible. I went over it three times. I probably wouldn't have even noticed myself if I hadn't calculated that the generators were operating at 130% efficiency. Oh, dear. 130? No. That was some mistake. Jonas, who did design the system? <laughs> what's behind the green door? <laughs> Jonas, what's going on? <laughs> Speak, woman. The jig's up. Mm. What are you talking about? Who do you serve? Jonas, whatever you think, whatever she told you is a lie. They searched your quarters. Do you want to explain why they found a Goa'uld communication device among your personal belongings? Why blame Sam? Oopsie. Oh, no. There you go. <laughs> Very well. You know the truth. Now how should we proceed? Bit of a giveaway, that, isn't it? That you think they'd redesign it. Ghouls never redesign anything. Careful, lads. Admit nothing. It wasn't me. As Shaggy said, it wasn't him. <laughs> a miniature spaceship. <laughs> oh, a hypodermic. It somehow masks the presence of the symbiote, right? Ah. I see. You don't have to tell me. I'm sending this back to the SGC for analysis. How long have you been on this planet? We knew Anubis came here for a reason. After his defeat, I was dispatched to find out why he was so interested in this place. So you work for Ball? I gained access to Kelowna's most sensitive research by implanting myself in a young scientist who was working on the Nequatria project. Let me talk to Kiana. Changing character, not quite the uh, demure little thing now, is she? Yep. She is exceptionally astute, a superior specimen. Oh, really? Let me talk to her. I made the major modifications to the excavator. If you wish to successfully complete this undertaking, you will require my assistance. Why would you help us? We share a common goal. I too wish to save this world. She can hand it over to Ball. Another superior specimen. <laughs> I wonder, was that laying possible groundwork for, you know, 
for future uh, children of Kiana and Jonas as ultimate superior specimen type things. Don't believe her. Don't believe her. Let her help you for the sake of our people. Yes. The ghoul can speak as the host. We've seen it before. It's a ghoul trying to fool us. We've seen it before. No, Jonas, please. For the sake of the baby. See? <laughs> He said it was in the it was in development. Okay, there's no fracking baby. <laughs> well, it depends what he means by development. We don't really know what the nightlife is like in uh, Glonus. Oh, color coded as well. One point five meters per second. Drills are running hot. All right, bring down your RPMs. This is a simulation. One assumes. I can't stay ahead of these adjustments. You're gonna stall us out. Power up. I'm sure I said this of Kelowna before, but it's very steampunk. Yes, no? There's no steam. Mike. Well, there ain't. Steampunk has steam. Not always. Bloody pedant. I swear to God, you're being me today. <laughs> Even I'm not normally this shagging pedantic. Quite the contrary. Major Carter believes the ghoul's modifications have significantly improved the speed and efficiency of the drills. You see, the problem is the system requires constant and subtle adjustments to account for any changes in the density of the material that it's passing through. It's kind of like... Shifting gears on a race car. You can't be serious if you think that's a piece of attractive jewelry. <laughs> she thinks the best person for the job is the Gould. You can't be serious. We could overhaul the system and eliminate the modifications, but that would significantly reduce the speed of the excavator and it would take weeks. We don't have that kind of time. The Gould could have sabotaged the excavator anytime she wanted to. Instead, she helped Jonas improve several of its key systems. Only because she wishes to preserve the Nequadri deposit for Baal. Maybe so, but averting the explosion is our first priority, and without the ghoul, we have no chance. You haven't got a choice, mate. <laughs> oh, sounds coming back. I say, we've met Baal, but he's getting a lot of play kind of on the sidelines. No boom today. Boom tomorrow. Go on, step underneath. I dare you. I dare you. I wouldn't mind seeing that shot from behind. She could give her a change of clothes. You've made the right choice. Your confidence in me will not go unrewarded. We had no choice. And for the record, our confidence in you is minimal. Which is no doubt why the Shova will be accompanying us. They brought Tilk along this time. Yep. Everybody comes. Yeah. Oh, everywhere I go, he thinks. That's an interestingly flagrant cleavage shot, that. Who calibrated the primary inductors? I did. Launch now, and you will burn through them before you pass 100 meters. All right. Take navigation, Teal. You take shields and life support. Indeed. <laughs> Chris was actually complaining on the set. He was told he had to stand up for the entire length of the shoot. He refused, so they had to put him a seat in. <laughs> Powering up. Engines are at 70%. Nice power up, you noise. With buttons. He got his own buttons as well. <laughs> Navigation computer is online. Engines are at full power. Control was set to go for launch in five, four, three, two, one. <laughs> well, if there's a navigation computer, Sam, what good are you? Throttle control. It's like one of those F1 power boats. Well, they ain't got the computer systems to operate all this automatically. Spinning, 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 spinning. Okay, ridiculously impractical, but we'll just go with it. Our security personnel has been monitoring a communication device we took from Kiana's quarters. Apparently, a message has come through from Baal. She's overdue to report. He's waiting for her to send a transmission. And if she doesn't? They'll come back to find out what happened. That's a distinct possibility. Maybe not directly from Baal. Probably he's a personal assistant to somebody or a handler. So we'll save your planet so it can be blown up from orbit instead. <laughs> There's a coolant pressure at one of the forward tubes. We must have broken the seal. Beep, 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 beep. Major Carter, take the controls. Getting a combination of image shakers on the cameras, all loose cabling in the rafters, which are going to move independently. The only problem with this is that the shakers they had running were that loud that they had to re record all the audio after the fact. <laughs> no. I don't want to stare at your ass as you go up the ladder. Hey! <laughs> I do it. I don't trust you. It's nothing to do with the crevaceous behind you've got. They're too deep. No radio signal could penetrate that much solid rock. It won't make much difference. Telling them about Ball's message will not change anything. But if the Goa'ul doesn't make it back, 
The only reason that would happen is if the mission fails. And if that's the case, Ball will be the least of your problems. I suggest we get back to planning your relocation. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, General. The General can see the bigger picture. Yes, they can't. They can't even see the damn Polaroid. Forward pressure's rising. We're good. Maybe now you'll believe that I do wish this mission to succeed? Yeah, for the wrong reasons. Has it ever occurred to you that serving Ball may not be my only interest here? I never thought I'd find the company of a human so intriguing. And suddenly I repulse you. Intriguing. That's not really a compliment. I am repulsed. <laughs> Is this really the time and the yeah. place? You know, you may be dead in minutes, but still. You never knew the host before I took her. All this time, it was never Kiana, it was always me. Ooh. <laughs> uh, Jonas, all those, all those nights. Ah, that's never good. What is happening? I'm not sure. We're still on course, still descending. <laughs> Perhaps you should have had some training, Tilt. Yes, Sam, let somebody who knows what they're doing, bud. Girls don't know the word excuse me. All temperature is rising rapidly. 300 degrees. 400 degrees and still rising. Jonas, is there any volcanic activity in the area? Mount Pallet. But it's been dormant for hundreds of years. Just because it's dormant at the surface doesn't mean there couldn't be magma flows in the vicinity. Whole temperature is 700 degrees and still rising. We're passing through a river of molten rock. So he can read Langaran then, can he? Mm-hmm. If you're going to do some mining, surely you can do seismic tests before the fact and realise that they're a magnet chamber under a volcano. Theoretically. It's not. The latest argument is about the selection process. Colonies want a lottery, the trains want to sign positions, and the Andaris want to set up a committee to discuss the problem. What? I'm trying to remind them they're, they're facing total annihilation, but they can't seem to face their own mistrust. <laughs> I think I can help you out on this. What do you mean? That was Jack's response to Martin Wood telling him to be bigger. Mm. The ship will not take much more of this. Divert power to the shields. We have no way of knowing how thick this vein of magma is. If we turn back now, we may get out alive. I said divert power to the shields. How can you turn back? You gotta, that means slow down, brake, then accelerate backwards. Power diverted. Although I'm not sure how much difference it will make. Have faith. I push the buttons. All temperature is 1,200 degrees. Do you really want to risk your life with the people of this world, Major? I'm not so sure they would do the same for you. If you notice, Sam's sweating. The Gwold isn't. Tilk isn't. Jonas is. Very subtle. Oopsie. Quick. We're gonna die. Turn the handle. There. Steam. Happy? <laughs> is it steampunk now? Tilk? Hull temperature is dropping. 1100 degrees and still falling. Tilt, ever useful. Yep, I can read a graph. I have purpose. What would they have done if they hadn't taken Tilk along? Very impressive. You shouldn't do anything. She got lucky. We either go forward or we go back. You know, it's a 50-50, really. Colonna will accept nothing less than equal representation. Really? Colonna is solely responsible for this problem. Need I remind you that the Stargate is in our possession? For the moment. Is that a threat? It's an assurance that when it comes to the survival of our people, we will do whatever is necessary. What, so now you want to go to war? My, my friends are, are trying to save your world and you want to destroy it? Oh, save your breath, Daniel. <laughs> I wonder what the guard's thinking. <laughs> you folks are done. I don't understand. Well, you see, we actually like the Madronans. They're nice people. And we've decided there's no way we'd subject them to the likes of you. <laughs> Deal's off. You're toast. Oh, I'm <laughs> sure RDA enjoyed that. Her own is right. You can stay until we hear back from Jonas and Major Carter. It probably agrees with his own sentiments completely. That's what you get for dicking around. <laughs> Something's wrong. We're losing speed. 1.5 meters per second and slowing. It is the forward drills. They were damaged by the magma. They're coming apart. So perhaps one of the hardest pieces of the machine had actually been damaged, but the rest of the ship hasn't. Ooh, Sam, you're practically glowing. Forward drills finished. Cutting power. 
as you would imagine, between takes, they had makeup coming on and squeezing little squeezy bottles full of water into Jonas's and Sam's face. We are going to die. We're still over a kilometre from the target. Quite amazing. I mean, when they started this mission, that map looked identical. Mm. What happens if we drop the bomb here? We're too far from the fault line. Detonating from this position would be pointless. Then we have failed. Yes, I will take one of these tunneling devices and leave the ship. <laughs> That's handy. How? We're going to have to go back to the surface and repair the ship. That's too much damage. That's going to take us weeks. I'm sorry, Jonas, but we don't have a choice. We still have some Togo crystals in reserve. We can use those to tunnel the rest of the way. They'd never make it far enough. Yeah, but if, if we focus them, we can at least dig a passage big enough for one person. That will give us the distance we need. It might work. I never really knew you could actually change the variables of the crystals. They just picked them up and threw them at the wall. It would be suicide. I will go. I like this body. I'm going to take it with me. <laughs> Do not worry, Major Carter. I may be intrigued by your willingness to sacrifice yourself for others, but I do not share it. My symbiote will protect me. Why take the risk? You still think of me as nothing but a servant of Baal. You are mistaken. You haven't told him about the Nequadria? Not yet. Oh, oh typical Gawold. Always looking for an angle. <laughs> it pretty much sums up why the System Lords always have so much trouble in the long run. Eventually, they always turn on each other. I wonder how long that took. <laughs> the tunnel is complete. You sure you understand the detonation procedure? Of course. It is a simple enough device. You see, she does have a curvaceous behind. Oh, what's that shot from? That's another set, totally. That's from Space Race. If you like, the Jeffreys tube. That was actually uh, Christopher's standing doing the uh, little handwork. Probably filmed with the uh, second unit. Uh, montage mode. You'll notice the uh, Toku tunnel is less spiky than usual. Mm-hmm. I'll just take the backpack off and lower it down. It's a bit of a mess. Yep. <laughs> Pretty safe to say that the uh, gold, you know, the symbiote inside of it, it's not really coping very well. Nope. Uh, I am in position. Uh. You think that metal would be quite warm as well, burning your little fingers? I am sitting. Uh, the detonator. Pizza's done. No anchovies. <laughs> Damn you, Tilk. Oh, this is not good. That's the sort of nuclear weapon you like. With lights and little flashy stuff. <laughs> Yay, flashy things. Those lights turn flashing in sequence. Get them flashing in sequence. <laughs> losing power. I think the generators have been damaged. I was afraid of that. How much power do you have left? We're down to 70%. Oh, don't do something noble now. So much for my empire. Say again? If you begin, you're set now. You may have enough power to reach the surface. We're not leaving you behind. You have no choice. If the power drops below 50%, you'll not even be able... To restart the engines. I am already dead. Whose smart idea was that? Or is obviously. Imagine if you need 50% of your brake horsepower from your car to just to start the engine. Good God. This is Jonas. There's still time left. Start back immediately. If you are doing this out of concern for the host, you need not bother. The body is already severely damaged. The body's decaying. It just won't be the same, Jonas. I may not be able to keep her alive. Listen to me. We're not going without you, so shut up and get moving. Uh, 
No, at least there's plenty of handholds. Well, look at the bright side. It's a Tolkrier tunnel. Yeah, that's it. She's got handholds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know what them green things are on the table, but nobody fancies them because they've been there all episode. Limes. We should have heard by now. Something went wrong. Candy limes. Car's down to 53%. She's taking twice as long to get back as she took to get down there. Kiana, this is Jonas. Come in, over. Please respond. I believe we have no choice but to begin our ascent immediately. Come on, Tilt, get pedaling. Auxiliary power, pedal away. Didn't really need to tell her who it was. I think she'd figure it out. Yes, leave the world. Hey, honey, I'm home. Zach, don't let her in. Don't let her in. There's somebody at the door. <laughs> Trick or treat. All right, I'll take care of her. Get us out of here. Powering up engines. Beginning ascent. That's it. <laughs> Close the hatch. You don't really want that open when you go through the magma field. Nope. You waited up here into the bargain. Was that your only reason? I already know your answer. Yeah, I'd like you to hold something else up later. <laughs> Just reclaiming my rightful position here, Mike. Hmm. Does that mean she doesn't think there's any hope for him, or that she does? That's the girl, leave it closed. Nice big percussive music. Yep, very militaristic. Receiving a signal, sir. Audio only. Put it through. Walter's probably sitting at home watching this episode thinking, damn, he's getting a lot of lines. Reports <laughs> from all over the country. A major seismic disturbance. Geological survey places the epicenter at the target coordinates. They did it. Anywhere from the excavator. Negative. Well, the blew up a bomb doesn't mean they actually solved the problem yet. In fact, if they blew up a nuke, even a little, I'd be seriously worried about the ship itself. Well, I presume the ship is hardened. Besides, it's not steampunky, there's nothing electronic in there. Five seconds. Four. Three. Two. One. Okay, damn, we're all up back again. Yeah, and um, why was the debris then? Did it fill in behind as they drilled? There must have been some, but you'd have thought if they'd have drilled right through a huge lake of lava, then perhaps the pressure would have kind of, uh, you know, shipped it up. Mm. Miss it? No, it's kind of hard to miss. It's big and round. Yeah. I do. Yeah, it doesn't really matter, because you're not coming back. <laughs> Take one step forward, Jonas. The kawush doesn't come out as far as it used to. Safe there. <laughs> I just wouldn't bother going back to that planet. Is there another planet out there that I can go visit? I've had enough of them. They are being a little more cooperative. So alas. How you feeling? Fine, I guess. I remember everything. It's like a dream. Symbiote's dead. She saved me. She could have let me die with her, but she didn't. I know you may find this hard to believe, but she... Appreciate everything you did for her. What you tried to do. See how very Jolin are of it. Yes. So that, by any definition, is a rather good goal. Yep. Time to go home. Give her a chance, Jonas. It's a shame she wasn't a queen. She could have bred a whole new race stalker. Yeah, maybe one of us can get a fucking haircut. <laughs> Doesn't matter which one, just one of you. Hold hands. Go on. We've got to have a romantic ending. No? No. Nope. Oh, I don't know. Ah, well. Oh, well. That were a return for Jonas in a silly haircut. Oh, dear God, 77 tweets. I didn't even check. There <laughs> may have been one or two addressed to us. I don't know if you noticed any. No, there wasn't. Yeah, see, this is why I have a co-host, folks. I do this on my own. I don't tend to get these things. So that were Fallout. Next week... He said, pressing control end and scrolling up. We have Chimera. And yes, that's the way I pronounce it. How else would you pronounce it? Daniel is exhausted by strange dreams of his past with Sarah Gardner. 
an altar pass in which she urges him to find the lost city. Meanwhile, Carter begins a romantic relationship with depicted Pete Shanahan. Oh, no. He's very curious about the Air Force work she won't discuss. When SG-1 realises that Daniel's dreams are being manipulated, Pete is put on a collision course with Osiris. You see, you went out with Dan. Silly, 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 silly. Going out with Sam. <laughs> there are benefits right up until the end. Yeah, the problem is the end always seems to come before you get your end. <laughs> anyway, that were off the cuff, that one. It was off the cuff, wasn't it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Not bad for an off the cuff remark. A couple of little bits of trivia. The actual director's got of the episode is 17 minutes longer than the broadcast version. So you can imagine how much they had to cut out. Probably based on the original story, which I mentioned was by Corin Nemec. He actually was guaranteed a return to the show. Him and Rob Cooper sat down to discuss some stories, and this is what he came up with. Two-parter, basically. He probably would have liked a two-parter, <laughs> yes. <laughs> probably pays a little bit better. Budget always rears its ugly head, of course. Uh, the plan was to have the tunneling ship return to the planet's surface in the middle of a desert, but they realised it would have cost a fortune in CGI, so they just let it come up through the same hole it went down, <laughs> even though it's actually ridiculous how it got there. Yes. But, as they said in the commentary, this is science fiction, so just go with it. Don't worry about it. I think we mentioned the core in the episode. You did. I did. Yes, you 2003, did. 2003 it came out, the core. And this was filmed in 2004, well, broadcast in 2004. Mm. Yeah, the core must have been well into production when this story was put down on paper. And anyway, there was the first law of filmmaking. Basically, movie executives know nothing. When they approve one particular style of movie, invariably somebody at a rival studio has approved the same style, possibly because it's been shopped around several of the studios and they've decided to do uh, DS9. No, we won't produce your script. We'll get our writers to come up with a slightly different version and we'll produce that instead. Does work out cheaper. Paramount? Yeah, cheaper. As I said, next week's episode is Chimera. Thanks for listening, downloading, and as always, any and all feedback is appreciated. I've been Alan. I've been Mike. Bye-bye. And see you next week. Take care, folks. You've been listening to Gatecast, presented by Alan, Mike and Scott. Visit us at gatecast.facecast.com.